This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Now, two years ago, COVID 19 restrictions led to hordes storming supermarkets. Eggs, butter, even toilet paper were wiped from the shelves. Remember that? Well, now, chicken. Is flying off the shelves. And all of this comes as Malaysia announced that it is cutting the export of chickens from the start of June because of shortages within the country. And elsewhere in Asia, India has banned wheat exports, while Indonesia blocked overseas sales of palm oil. Malaysia's chicken export ban is just the latest development in the global food crisis. To talk more about this, we're joined now by Zakir Hussein, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Hi, Zakir. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Bharati. Good to be with you again. <laughs> yes, indeed. And coming at a time when most of Singapore is worried about the chicken shortage. This doesn't really come as a surprise, though, does it, Zakir? Food protectionism and shortages because of the global turmoil that we're seeing. Russia, Ukraine has a lot to do with this as well. Yep. I mean, I think the war is not just the main reason. I mean, in recent years, we've seen, you know, droughts driving up the prices of other commodities like onions, for instance. But this chicken shortage, I think, touches a lot of raw nerves because, you know, we've got just one source of fresh chickens, and that's from across the causeway. And I think suddenly you're seeing a lot of Singaporeans, households, businesses, panicking a little because, you know, they can't get fresh chicken. But I think there are alternatives. Yeah, didn't the Singapore Food Agency point out that there are many, many alternatives here? If we're talking That's about right. chilled and frozen food? That's right, yeah. So 34% of our chicken comes in fresh from Malaysia, but the remaining 66% comes chilled, frozen from, you know, further afield, Brazil, the US, a host of other countries. And I think they're looking at possibly other sources of chicken. There are also chicken substitutes. I mean, seafood, pork, as well as some of these new meats that have come on the market. So some might say we are making a mountain out of a molehill. Perhaps you could say that. But I think there are larger issues at work here as well. And I think it's not just Singaporeans who are up in arms. I think a lot of the chicken exporters, the chicken farmers in Malaysia, as we found out, are also dismayed because it means, you know, they're going to lose a source of income with the export ban. Mm. Let's talk about those larger issues at play here. I believe the Straits Times had a pretty comprehensive article on the causes of the chicken shortage in particular. And those causes are quite reflective of other shortages that we're seeing around the world as well. So tell us more about that. I think one core issue in Malaysia is sort of uh, price controls on chicken. And because of price caps, you know, the rising cost of other items like maize and chicken feed means suppliers and farmers can't increase their prices. And so that leaves them in a bit of dilemma. And so, you know, if they can't increase their prices, it's not sustainable for them to keep producing or growing or supplying chickens at the rate they used to. And I think that's one factor for the shortage. We've also seen the authorities in Malaysia saying there's a possibility that cartels are controlling the price and supply of poultry. Mm. So I guess there's some of that at work as well. Mm. The fact is that a lot of Malaysian growers left the business because of all of these very, very difficult issues and complex issues that they've had to deal with. So some might say, why not address those issues? Ceasing exports of the birds isn't really going to solve the problem, is it? Mm, Yep, it isn't. So what does Malaysia say about wanting to address some of those causes, the real issues at play here? I think they've not said very much, but we expect they'll probably be saying more in the next few days or so. Because I think once the ban kicks in and some of the own domestic farmers struggle to find new places to sell their chicken and so on, 
I think, you know, we might see perhaps, you know, some tweaks to the export ban, possibly, or even some adjustments. But at the same time, I think we should also be prepared for the ban to, you know, possibly be in place for quite some time as well. I think Singaporeans just have to come to terms with the fact that we'll have to tap on all the other sources. They may not be fresh chickens, but there will be frozen and chilled options. Meanwhile, it is the businesses that are likely to suffer a great deal, aren't they? Tell us more about how businesses in Malaysia, first of all, are responding to all of this. Yeah, so I think a lot of businesses in Malaysia are also unhappy. They're affected by rising food prices. And I think it's difficult to sort of, you know, cover costs if you can't raise prices too much. At the same time, I think, you know, for the past few days over the weekend, as I think as well as right up till midnight tomorrow, you're going to see some of the Malaysian chicken exporters send perhaps several times the amount of chickens they normally do across the causeway, you know, just to sort of export them before the ban kicks in. So it's a short-lived respite, I guess. Mm. But at the same time, I think the Singapore businesses are also lamenting, especially, you know, if you look at hawker stalls, many of them only sell chicken rice and, you know, many of the chicken rice stalls that sell just chicken rice are kind of wondering what next. Some are talking about the possibility of just having to close shop for a few weeks or months Mm. if they don't get the supply of fresh chicken. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Of course, savvy investors would say you should diversify, start selling duck and various other things as that's well. Right. <laughs> you know, But I know that's hard to do if you're starting from scratch in a sense. And all of these things are going to pose challenges as well. Now, the thing is, Singapore has diversified its sources of food over the years. We import over 90% of our food from other countries. Only 1% of our own land is set aside for agricultural use. So Mm -hmm. to what extent is all of this being looked at again? How can we ensure that food supply remains stable amid all of this volatility that we're seeing around the world? So I think they've got sort of a three-pronged strategy. You're looking at diversification as a key prong. So we import food from, you know, over 170 countries. And it's not just chickens and key meats, but also other items like eggs, sugar, rice. Having a diversity of sources means you're not held hostage, you know, to adverse conditions or price hikes from one source. I think the other strategy we have is also what's called the 30 by 30 strategy. By 2030, uh, that's eight years away, we want to grow 30% of our nutritional needs domestically. Now, this 30% doesn't include, I mean, the toughest bit of the 30% is meat, really. But, you know, for eggs, green leafy vegetables, as well as uh, seafood, fish, sea bass, even prawns, there's a possibility that we can grow a large amount of this locally and with technology and and science, even cultivated meats or artificial meats is something that the research institutes here are going into in some way. And of course, the third strategy is sort of tapping on growing some food items overseas. And, you know, this could be, say, uh, looking at overseas partners to ensure that there's land that you can maybe ring fence for cattle or for pork or for Barramundi, so that, you know, in the event of a crisis, you own that farm abroad or you own that patch and you've got a long-term supply arrangement to bring that food over. Of course, a lot of experts are also talking about more sustainable farming practices and perhaps Mm -hmm. changing our diets so that we don't need so much chicken, for instance, or meat, because those things also affect 
the climate, don't they? I mean, there are environmental yep. impacts of industrial farming that cannot be ignored, absolutely. At this point, though, we are seeing food protectionism rise. Earlier, we talked about palm oil. We also have mentioned sugar. Some countries wanting to seize the export of sugar or rice. And then other countries coming out to say, hey, this is an opportunity for us to supply the world with what we have and raise prices. Where do you see all of this going, especially vis-a-vis Singapore, Zakir? No, I think in the short term, I think, as well as in the medium term, I think we're just going to have to buy the bullet and expect, I think, to have to pay more for food. I think food price hikes, food price hikes are a reality globally. And I think the one thing, you know, while we import a lot of our food and end up paying a lot more of it, on the plus side, a lot of disposable incomes in Singapore are considerably higher than, you know, in many other countries. And I think while we prepare to sort of pay more for our food, you know, in terms of affordability, I think it's just something we might need to think a bit more about. And maybe that includes sustainable consumption. You know, less meat, eating more plants, plant-based diets are increasingly going to have to be a thing, I think. Mm, certainly, Zakir. I do love my chicken rice, though, I have to admit. I'm sure yeah. you... <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so, well, chicken rice can taste as good. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I do love it, but what to do? I mean, this is the way of the world these days, and we do sympathize with the chicken rice sellers. There was one interesting story in the Straits Times about one particular chicken rice seller who said that the fresh chickens are absolutely critical and they have to be of a certain size because his yes. staff only know how to cook chickens of that size, you see. So yep. once you change the size of the chicken, the whole recipe needs to change as well. Who would have thought, <laughs> you know? Yep. It's a very complex issue, isn't it? But thank you, Zakir, for also raising the possibility of looking more deeply into this in the long term in terms of more sustainable farming practices, perhaps. For now, though, let's just bite the bullet. No fresh chickens for a while anyway. <laughs> thank you very much, Zakir. Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor Thanks, of The Straits Times. Thanks for joining us today. The SG Extra podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. The SG Extra podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.